0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another installment of the Dogs Basketball Podcast, a solo edition. My name is Nick Malone, coming to you guys on this Tuesday, July 25th, almost a month after we came to you guys last. A lot to talk about, as you guys know. One of us, which was me, went to the open house, which was almost two weeks ago. Tomorrow, I will be dissecting that. A lot of good info coming out of that, obviously breaking news in the last two, two weeks as well, or I guess a little shorter than when the open house was a couple days after, was the news of the hiring of our new radio play-by-play guy. It's a great one. I'll dive into that at the start, but a lot of stuff to dissect, like I said, from the open house, a lot of good info, a lot of stuff within the team, just a lot of cool stuff, get around the valley. Uh, luckily, they had the NBC press conference earlier today with all the coaches. I'll try to have some tidbits from that. More from other teams than even SIU. A couple recruiting stuff. Noah Lurch couldn't join me today. He always has this stuff ironed out. This is his his, uh, best part. is relaying all this uh, recruiting information to you guys. I'll go through it the best that I can of what I know. Get some other topics, and I might have another topic at the very end. We always have these final topics, as you guys know, but it, it would be better with Noah here, so I might not do it. It all depends. So he'll try to join you guys or join us on the next one. I want to iron this one out, though, and give my perspective because I was at the open house. It could be a lot easier than me segueing it to him to talk about it. I, I would give his, I would get his thoughts on it, but I'll just talk about it amongst myself here and what I knew about it. So a, a good pod f- for you guys here to, to update you guys on information that, that has been going on. If you haven't missed it, like I said, we'll retweet everything that we see and then we'll talk about it on here. Uh, but there's also some things that we didn't retweet that you guys might not know about or something. So that's what we're always here for, to get the info. But I will start out this, uh, this episode discussing the hire of the new radio play-by-play. And as everybody knows, we had some options. We went through a lot uh, in previous episodes over the last couple months since Mike Reese uh, told us he was resigning. And I know on football and maybe this one at the time said retiring. Uh, that is not true. He has said that uh, you know, through his interviews and kind of reiterating that fact that definitely he's just resigning. He's not fully retiring. He will do it if he's asked to. We know he's still going to be in the area, uh, but he, is, he obviously stepped down in the middle of May, near the end of May, and then I think at the start of June, and then the hiring process came out. We mentioned to you guys about how we saw all of the or you know the uh the job opening and we saw like the qualifications and people could apply for it so i'll have a tidbit because i'll jump into it actually because i heard something at the open house about it but let's jump into it luke martin noah and i were going on vacation just a couple of weeks ago and on the way there on friday july 14th found out about it luke martin from indiana state got the job and I'll just quickly say about the open house. I got the, had the privilege to talk to Mike Trude, who, as everybody knows, is a lot of within the media. He was, he's the radio play-by-play for football. He does ESPN Plus uh, color and play-by-play most of the time for basketball games on there. Obviously, he's entrenched into this, into this program. Got a chance to talk to him a little bit about Mike, and he was telling me about all the things that even, you know, he said he was blindsided by it. Uh, You know, he told me that what we already knew about what Mike said about retiring the year before that. uh, But Mike was telling me stories about how Mike would, Mike True was telling me stories about how Mike Reese would be so beat up on himself. uh, You know, if he messed up during football this past season and, and True, you know, saw that it got to him and that obviously transpire throughout Mike Reese's decision process it's it's interesting to hear another voice talking about it and Trude was going into into good detail talking about it and got a whole new perspective on it and he was and I asked him about what the process was like and he told me and that, that was on Wednesday he told me either tomorrow or Friday so around that time so I was the 15th and the 16th uh, that they would hire somebody and he wouldn't give me any other uh, you know uh tidbits, but just everybody would like it. And of course, you know, Noah and I were talking before, we really wanted Russ Eisenstein, alumni, does of the Ohio Bobcats. Definitely think he was up for it. We talked about the tweets that he was kind of alluding to before about the potential of taking the job but we weren't exactly sure, really excited for it. So I didn't ask Mike True in the moment. I wanted to say, was he is he an alumni? I wanted to get some more out of him, but he, it's not that he wouldn't tell me. I think he would if I asked him, told him who I was, you know, covering this, and he he knows about the account. He followed our football account. I think he followed both in the last couple months or so. But uh, he told me that it was a really tough hiring process and that he if he was blindfolded and had a dart and threw it at four final uh, – People for the job, the four finals that if he, whoever he stuck, would have been the one. And I wonder if rest would have been that, but Luke Martin was the one, and it was announced on that Friday, July fourteenth, of Luke Martin. As everybody knows, some people might not know. He, if you guys listen to like March to the Arch podcast, he was on near Arch Madness time, uh, but he was obviously the voice of the Sycamores, and he has had a heck of a run. In the last season of football or of basketball. And baseball, we know basketball, they're really talented. He had a he had a great time doing that, I'm sure. He's been there for a while. I'll jump into some other things here, but off the top of my head, uh, what he was doing. And uh, baseball just had an incredible season. So he's been through it and he's and he's seen the great times of current Sycamore sports and athletics. So it makes you wonder why he took this job. Uh, we were talking, okay, the monetary reasons and just opportunity. And we know, and he'll jump into it more. And I have some quotes here, perhaps that talked about, uh, you know, without even reading all that stuff, you just know how awesome the community is and how much they love their sports here that maybe it was just an opportunity to get more of a, of a, uh, of a listening fandom. You know, you get more listeners, you get more people who care, not saying the people in Indiana state don't care. But I've, I do think a bump in money and then all of this, and him and Mike are really close. And I'll get a quote here that says he doesn't want to be Mike Reese. Obviously, he wants to be his own person, but had a good thing going there. And obviously, Indiana State football is not in the best spot. So he was really, you know, he was ex- having some, you know, good fortunes with basketball and baseball. So the new radio voice of the Salukis, Luke Martin. uh, his, his job actually starts on the 24th, which was yesterday. He posted a couple of days ago on Twitter about, uh, or I think it was today he started. He posted yesterday about he finally moved into his place. He was making tweets before about, uh, you know, finding a house, finding all this stuff. He was going to go try all that all that, and found a place, and then he said tomorrow's. So today was his first day on the job. He was at Saluki Stadium for football, getting adjusted because that season's getting close uh, for sure. So for the past six seasons, obviously, he was the play-by-play of Indiana, Indiana State Sports, and that's something that Mike told me was before, obviously, he didn't tell me a name, was uh, football and basketball, because I was on the uh, application for the job, as No and I talked about, uh, but he said he will do baseball You know, he has, obviously, the capabilities to do baseball. So we hinted at that before, obviously, I knew who it was. So we'll see if Luke does baseball. They might hire on somebody else. I think Mike kind of alluded to they will find somebody to do that. But we know that Luke definitely can. He's a 2014 graduate of Ball State. uh, Their nationally acclaimed digital sports production program, obviously, if we know. uh, uh, Connor Onion went to Ball State as well. So they really do have a good sports production program over there. He was the host of the Emmy Award-winning third-down Chirp uh after graduation, he served as play-by-play broadcaster for UNC Greensboro for a season where he was also hosted weekly coaches shows, produced the school's video content, and produced directed ESPN3 telecasts. So that gets to a little bit of what he did in Indiana State as well. Really good podcast, really good shows. Hopefully he can bring that here. As we know, Barry Henson, just in, in the times when Mike did, he did the, uh, the coaches on Monday at Buffalo Wild Wings in Carbondale. We haven't had that really since then-ish. So hopefully Luke can, like, get into the, you know, athletics to do that more. Uh, Being a younger guy, just being able to do a whole lot of things. And he's really hardworking, as we've been able to tell from afar. Uh, It said, SAU search committee screened more than 90 applicants for the position before selecting Martin. That's what Tim Leonard said. Obviously, the AD. Tim said, quote, the committee reviewed countless hours of demo reels from some of the best radio talent in the country, and Luke was our top choice, not only for his distinctive on-air delivery, but for the passion he brings to this important position. Luke is an outstanding storyteller with a love of sports and people. Much like Mike Reese, he has a warm, genuine personality that shines brightly during his broadcast, end quote. Uh, Luke said it was an honor to be chosen to follow Mike, who stepped down, obviously, and May, completing that 44 seasons is just crazy. Luke said, quote, I won't be filling his shoes as only Mike could wear them. I owe it to Saluki fans to honor his legacy by being who I am while instilling the relentless work ethic I learned from watching him in my career. I can't wait to learn the res- learn the respect and trust of Salukis everywhere, end quote. Uh, yeah, it says he has served as tennis sports director at 1130, the fan radio over there in Terre Haute. He had a show in the Hout uh he's had people such as dan shulman seth greenberg reggie wayne and others on there he's just a legit guy and he's still a younger guy for the most part and he gave it his all over there i think all siu fans should love this hire he followed us back on twitter he's fully involved we tweeted at him on football saying hey you know you're you're You know you're going to be covering a team that a football team that's going to be looking to get back to the playoffs, and we know he's excited for basketball. He saw that firsthand for sure, and he saw football as well. And like I said earlier, their Sycamores football program is not the best, but he's he's just done a lot of stuff. He he had this quote here at the end quote I'm humbled beyond measure to be named the next voice of the Slukies. I want to thank Tim Leonard, Tom Bowman, John Erie, Tom Weber, and the rest of the committee for for putting their faith in me to continue the strong tradition. Of Saluki Radio, end quote. So, uh, like I said, we were blindsided by the name because we know Indiana State sports are going really good right now. So, how can you leave that? He's been there for a while. He he made a post on Twitter, like a video of his time there, which is a really good post. Uh, He said on Twitter, and it's hard to find anywhere else to begin other than saying, I'm beyond thankful for SIU putting their belief in me to carry on the tradition. Of it. He said he spent and this was on the 14th, but when he got the job, spent the day looking for a new place and get going on the twenty-fourth, which like I said was yesterday. So he's he's on the job. He's really excited. He loved his time with the Sycamores. He's retweeting stuff on football. Like I said, he was at Swookie Stadium. He's just ready to go. And again, people are going to love this guy. We we know him through basketball more than football, clearly, of knowing about him. And Mike loves him. And I think it's just an amazing – we would have loved Russ, Russ Eisenstein. I think anybody, because Mike Trude said it, of the four guys, it would have been perfect, any of them. So I believe him. And Luke Martin is the perfect guy for the job. So do love the hire. Younger guy, hopefully he can be here for a long time doing this and we can have some success doing it. Obviously, radio is a big thing around here. We have a lot of listeners and he should take pride. And Mike, you know, in his interviews after he resigned saying about how it pays good, you know, you'll get great listenership and all that stuff. And Luke's going to find that out. It's going to be tremendous. And it starts out with football season. It'll bleed into basketball and he, and all, all obviously get to more of the present team thinking we're thinking we're gonna be better than a lot of people are slowly picking us to be, and I understand the reasons why they would pick us lower than what hopefully you know we expect and I got a gist of it of the open house about how uh the potential of what this team could be so uh welcome Luke Martin. he's the kind of guy you would love to have on a podcast. I'd love to ask him questions. We've talked about interviews for a long time. We might over the course of time. We've been saying that for a while again, but uh, he'd be a perfect guy, perfect storyteller. So who knows? We might down the road, but welcome Luke Martin, the new voice of Saluki radio. And we'll see if Rodney Watson does the games with him still thinking Mike true might with, with football as well. So a lot of stuff to still iron out, but Luke Martin is here and we couldn't be more happy to have him here. So Notice how you know he's bit he ironed out a lot of stuff. He was not at the open house, which is fine. Uh thinking he was uh, hoping he was gonna be, but it's quite alright that he wasn't. All right. Love to, I would love to talk more about Luke and we will over time here. Uh we'll get interviews with him. Hopefully that he interviews for football like the players and Nick Hill and slowly but surely get him in here for a lot of stuff. So Welcome Luke Martin once again So now let's talk about the open house that I was at almost two weeks ago Wasn't sure on it, uh, you know, our, our work's busy in the summer it's, it's hot days out there And wasn't sure because Noah wasn't sure if he was going to go He ended up not uh, And I was unsure. I had time to go And I was getting a haircut and I was kind of unsure myself Because the time was kind of against me just a little bit but I'm glad, so glad I made the decision after I got a haircut to go over there and do it solo, which was an extraordinary idea because I found out a lot of information that people are going to want to know about. And what I saw on it, if unless people were there who saw it or saw it on the news, because it was News 3 was there to report stuff, you saw it on there and such. So, um, you know, I had to whenever I walked in there, I had the privilege to talk to Cade. He was near the bathroom as I walked in there before I went. Talk to Kate a little. I'll talk about him first, because literally I'll just do a time frame here. That's what I did before I sat down before they did the show. Uh, Got to talk to Kate about, because if people know, we offered uh, Brendan Hauser, or Hausen's uh, little brother, Braden. Brendan, obviously, was Kate's teammate in high school. I might be butchering the name. I don't think so off the top of my head here. He went to Villanova, as we know. His little brother got offered by us shortly before that open house. So I talked to Cade a little bit about that because Cade made a tweet about, you know, eye emojis and be great. And he said that uh, Braden's getting under-recruited and it'd be a good time to get on him, even though he's got one more year left of school and he could get a lot more big offers. But that'd be a heck of a a signing in the 2024 class. Uh, Even Cade, who I, I told him about what he learned from last year, asked him what he learned from last year, 'Cause I you know, I told him that, you know, the Cal Baptist game and there were a lot of big games that he was in whenever he first got the red shirt took off him. And I asked him, you know, or he pretty much said that it was a surprise to him at the beginning about getting it taken off and uh that he has learned a lot and he's looking to uh you know do even more this year, clearly. Uh he said that you know, Brian's looking for him to be more of a leader and all that stuff. And we knew that already when he was playing. He was definitely a leader. Uh, he was showing that early, whether well, it was just calling out ball screens or anything. And we're excited for Cade, hoping he can play a lot this year. He was just telling me that good stuff. I wasn't able to talk to him long before I sat down in my seat. But because he was there and people were starting to talk to players anyway, I talked to him for a little bit. That was good information, getting it out of him. Definitely excited for Cade. Um so then I sat down, and I sat front row, and we know that Mike has always MC that event of the three years, only been to two of the three, both Noah and I were not able to go last year, which this is a very important thing for us to cover on here and for you guys on Twitter to go to, so that's why no matter if I went solo or not, I just had to go to get any information I could, so I'm really glad I did, but Steve Fallett was the MC this time, and if people know Steve Fallett can get a little wild sometimes, and they did have drinks. They did. Were, they were selling alcohol, and he was. It was just funny how he was carrying a course light with him to the podium and telling people to go get drinks. It was kind of uncomfortable at times what he was doing, but he was getting people rowdy with his patented calls and stuff. So he did a fine job otherwise. And you know, Kelly Bond White was there. Clearly, the women's were there, and she introduced her player. She said that she still got staff members to. Uh, get on, and then players also. But she got her players up there to the podium, introduce themselves and stuff. And she was talking about their, uh, you know, schedule and things building up for the season. She did a really good job. She's done a really good job coming from A and M last year. We know she's tight with Jaren's Howard and stuff. So all of the, you know, everything's tying together. And she did a good job. Players they should be up for a really good season. We'll see what uh, what she adds the rest of the season or before the season. So she was good. And then Brian had the chance to get up there, and you know he he thanked a lot of people at first, you know, he was telling us how, uh, you know, what, you know, ever since COVID to this point, you know, how thankful he's been to have the people in charge that have helped him and helped the the men's basketball program be what they are. So he, he welcomed the executive AD, which I wasn't able to find the tweet to go back and find him. They said his name or even, uh, or Fallot did that, excuse me. He welcomed the executive AD. Tim Leonard couldn't be there. He was on vacation, he said. so. Uh, and Brian was able to thank both those guys when he was able to talk. He said that at that point it was four weeks of practice. They were going good. Um, he He's used a lot in the videos, and even today on the presser said, a lot of coachability. The players have been really coachable, which is obviously what you want to see. He said that a lot, though. We knew it can be repetitive. Um, but that's a great sign. And as everybody knows, he said before, this might be the most talented team he's ever had, which is crazy. But I'm starting to believe him just because, again, I'll talk more about it. But if you get around the players, you kind of just dissect them on tape and their talent and their skill sets. There's no reason to not believe him, to be honest. So it's all a wait and see. But uh, four weeks of practice, he said it for. He did praise Tim Leonard for sticking with him with everything. Like I said, he praised Chancellor Lane because he said Chancellor Lane, who was in attendance, said – that when they get recruits on campus, he texts Chancellor Lane to see if he's willing to come meet them, and he says when and where all the time. So Chancellor Lane's a big proponent in getting some players. He's telling them all the right things, which is how you, what you do in recruiting. But he's able to convince a lot of guys, telling them how awesome the university is and all that stuff. As we know, so that was a cool thing to hear that Chancellor Lane's doing. And we know the players are close with him and stuff. He does an incredible job overall, and if he's able to help the men's basketball program, that's a, that's even that's a bonus. No doubt about it. He praised his staff and their elite and tireless work. We know through the dead period, that was about a month ago, but in the recruiting process and everything, uh, obviously that's Javon, that's Brendan, and that's Jarrett's. And he praised all those guys. As we know, uh, we still got guys like Cyrus. We still got all the guys of director of ops and all those guys that do the dirty work for this program. He praised all of them for the elite work. And all that stuff, and then he started to just say the kind of things that fans want to hear about excitement and stuff. He was able to let us know, and I'll get to some things about the schedule. He let us know about some games, Um, and then he introduced the players. I'll say this because I think this is the most important. This before I was able to talk to anybody else at the time. He brought all the players up, you know, because you know, like I said, Kelly Bond got her players to speak, and I know the basketball players, the men's players did not want to do that, so he just brought everybody up. He said the returning players. excuse me, got them all up there and then have the new players, freshmen, and then transfers. So they're all standing up there. Next thing, like I said, I was sitting front row, far left side. So they came up to my left. Next thing I know, you know, I'm just waiting for them all to come up here. Turn and my my peripherals before I turn, I saw somebody limping and I saw something I looked over and what do you know? I feel like this is always the case. It happened two years ago. Like I said, we weren't there last year. We didn't wouldn't have saw anything of this last year, to our knowledge. Uh, maybe for like a JD or something who started the season injured. Uh, Xavier Johnson, and when I mentioned two years ago, because Foster was in a boot his uh, before his freshman year two years ago. Looked over and Xavier Johnson was in a left brace. It's almost like, you know, it's one of those black braces you see. It wasn't like a cast or anything. It was a brace or where it looks like some damage has been done. And as soon as they got up there, Brian had to... Uh, you know, reiterate to everybody amongst it that, that X is fine and it's just a sprain. So sigh of relief, but just seeing that it's like, of course, man. Our arguably our most important player for next year is already dealing with an injury, and uh, I was able to talk to X, uh, you know, after the fact, and he said that he slipped on a wet spot during a workout. Uh, which is unfortunate. And I said, man, you got a lot of time to recover before the season. He said, yeah. So, and he was smiling. And like I said, Brian played it off. They both played it off like it was fine. So he better. And I'll get to something that, you know, we're in on somebody, and it's not until next season. But uh, there's already, still someone on the portal that we're in on for next season. But we were thinking if he was going to be eligible somehow this year, that that's why it's because the backs wouldn't be ready. But they got that position covered for a lot of other guys. So uh, that caught my eye at first. So that's when the players came up there. Brian talked a little more than they sat down. So then, like I said, I talked to X, said, man, if we could give captain's patches, I would I would, we'd give you one for this year, <clears throat> how important you are, man. How I mentioned how – I told him how clutch he was last year with a lot of his shots and just how this is his team and about the leadership thing he went to. It was just a nice little time with X, but it was mainly around his injury, and he said he was going to be all right. So I believed him. So he was near the end. I was able to talk to uh, – Everybody but Troy, Scotty, and Trent. Trent's a popular guy. I wasn't able to get to him near the end. Uh, We talked to him a couple seasons ago. Troy was popular as well. Tried to get him near the end. Uh, And then Scotty, I saw him at first, and then I worked my way around. Wasn't able to get to him. Talked to AJ, uh, who looks great, by the way. We're excited for him. Brian said months back that AJ's going to have a big year, and he's been saying his name a lot in these videos in interviews so expect big things from AJ and I told a man that you know what he learned from last season he said a lot and you know I, I told him that he could have played a lot more last year and in certain moments and I forgot to mention to him but obviously we know he was big in the Alabama game and the scrimmage Kansas State he was good and then Oklahoma State he had a big three that was a difference so he definitely could have played more we've talked about that endlessly so we're thinking he will this year so was able to catch up with him for a short for a short time uh, just working my way around. I got to talk to Clarence, who's one of my favorites on the team. Definitely an exploding personality. Talked to him about uh you know what he's worked on so far in the offseason. I did mention it because I was able to get on Instagram on I was just on it. They were tagging guys in the posts they've been doing from the workouts that like Clarence had a video back in May about him uh, you know, in these runs that I've seen all these other players do. He's, you know, playing pickup with a lot of guys in a gym. And he's spacing the floor, and he's hitting big shots. And that's in game action. You know, that's not just in workouts. It's easy to hit big, you know, long shots and warm-ups, um, you know, with nobody guarding it. He had guys guarding him here, and he was in, he was making them. I don't know how many – that was in a highlight video of the good stuff. Not sure if he was missing. Otherwise, I'm sure he missed a lot. He wasn't going to make them all, clearly. But it was a great sign. And I mentioned that to him about if he's worked on uh, or, uh, spacing the floor a little bit more. And he said yes. He said that that's what coach wants him to do more. And clearly we know what's in there. So that was good to hear from him and especially emphasizing that coaches wanted him to do it. Uh, and I just told him about how much I loved his game and how important he is and what he, what else he's learned in the paint because just going back to he he wants to win more. He said that he said that he loves SIU. He said as soon as it was in the portal <clears throat> and they reached out to him, they just knew and, obviously, you know, he can be told that he's going to play a lot, which he did. And, obviously, he's good enough to and how important he's going to be this year. He said he just loved it here, which was a great sign. Uh, and then, you know, I told him about all the time when he was in the NCAA tournament. Dude, I mean, he's got the experience. He's got ultimate. Zach Eady, Armando Baycott, K.J. Williams. I mean, he had the experience on his side. That's what we loved about him coming here. And he was awesome, but we can expect him to be even better this year. So looking forward to it. Talk to him a lot. And it was funny because we know in the in scuffle or the kerfuffle with uh, Murray State at the end of the season at our place that Brian called him out in a speech because he was thanking his wife as well because she had uh, their second child in the last however long. And she was really far along at that point. She was on the floor after the fact in the handshake line, and then when it got scrappy, she was involved. So Brian was kind of picking at Clarence a little bit about – about his wife being pregnant, being right there. They had to go to the hospital shortly after that. Uh, But it was a funny moment. Um, But, you know, Clarence, is like I said, he's a a crazy personality, and he's an awesome player. Looking forward to seeing what he can bring to us this year again. With two years of eligibility left, and he says he loves it here, we can expect to have have two more elite seasons of Clarence. Looking forward to it. Was able to talk to – trying to think of the line here of the – I think after I talked to Clarence and when I talked to Mike true and I already said what I talked about with him, uh, did find my way to Javon Maman, which thankfully, you know, we're able to talk to him, you know, a lot of the time and can even kind of partially say he's a source of ours. He's really willing to talk to people. We know he's talked to the dog pound before as well and we're able to get in touch with him. So I, I just talked to him about thanking him for being able to talk to us. And, you know, he was, you know, uh, Thankful that we do what we do and can always go to him for stuff, which is awesome. And uh, I told him that because obviously we saw him at Highland for Canard and he was a main recruiter of Canard and said, hey, once he's a star one day and he will, that we'll be the first people to believe in him fully, him and this podcast. So talked to him for a little bit. It was awesome to finally introduce. Noah wasn't there, but I was able to introduce myself to him. He was someone I wanted to seek out because we are able to thankfully get in touch with him a decent amount uh was able to talk to uh Kennard and Sheridan. After I talked to Javon, I talked to uh Javon, I talked to Kennard and Sheridan. They were next to each other. Uh I didn't talk along with them but just told Kennard how awesome it was to watch him play this year and, you know, he's honestly if I were to get NIL jerseys, I'd probably get his. Loved him through watching him in high school. He's a champion. I told both of them there. They're bringing some of the most winning this program has seen, definitely under Brian in a long time. We know Kennard's a three-time champ. Could have been four if it wasn't for COVID and Sheridan just won one. Bringing a lot of you know talent and winning to this program, which is what Brian has preached a lot. So talk to them for a little bit. Kennard is, Kennard's a popular guy. He was signed and everything. Uh, really popular. I, think I, say, I just really hope he can play this year because I think he can help us in a lot of different ways. But because the fans love him, and they're going to, they're going to, and obviously his family from St. Louis, a lot of them will be able to see him play this year. So hopefully that's the case, especially when Slough comes here. You just never know if, like, his family follows and sees, like, the city play, you know, Canard's, Canard's team. So love what those guys are going to bring. I, like I said, I talked to Sharon about his winning and what they're bringing here. Really excited for what those guys are going to bring here. So that was short and sweet. Then I moved on. Was able to talk to Javon Stulich, which was fun. I talked to him about, Uh, His role and what he's going to bring, his toughness, because I mentioned him again about when we went there two years ago and lost that close game that he had the dagger in us with threes. He was dunking all over us. And, um, you know, and he said last year, because he dealt with an injury, as we know, as we talked about, and he said that his coach, when he told his coach that he was hurt, he kind of just told him to suck it up. That's just what he was telling me, that he was going to play through it or just kind of like pushed him to the side after he told him. So then obviously Javon or Jovon missed the rest of the rest of the season. So he didn't really like how he was treated in that respect with his coach and Obviously, we know they came here the first game of the year. We blew them out, and he saw the atmosphere. That was the first home game of the year, so you just know the atmosphere is going to be great, and it was. So that he said that sold him immediately. So I just told him about those times and how excited we are for him and his skill set. And says he's a grad player too, but I thought you know he has two years left, so we'll iron all that out at some point. But excited for him that he's healthy. He said he was healthy, so uh seen him on the videos and stuff. Really looking forward to Yvonne. He'll fight for, for a starting spot, and he's going to be one of our – one of our most consistent shooters hopefully and he can bring a lot of different things. He even – because 'cause we're having videos of all these new guys and he preached his versatility and stuff. So looking forward to Yvonne. Talk to Jarrett Hensley, who's one of you know, the one of the players I'm most excited for this season because like I said, if you watch his tape, he only averaged two points a game at Cincinnati in limited time. But you just know at that level, sure, it translates here. We've said that multiple times. And I just know his game's gonna be able to translate I think he's a, he's a pinned in starter, not pencil. He's pinned in starter at the four next to Clarence, hopefully. Uh he's worked really hard on his game and the workouts. You know, all these guys in their videos that the main account has posted is how much they're excited to play in front of the fan base and stuff. And he's looking forward to that. Just a, a new chapter in his life and his career. We got two years left of him. So he's a really cool guy. I mentioned to him about what he learned from Wes Miller from his time at, you know, UNCG and then uh, and then Cincinnati And just a new step for him He was saying So really cool to talk to him He had all of the women's players around him So shout out to Jared But he's he's definitely a talent I'm looking forward to watching this year He's going to help us In a lot of tremendous ways uh, And then I was able to talk to I think that's when I talked to X Was after that You know everything I pretty much already said about him He said he was going to be fine um, Talked to And then I got to one of my favorite tables Which was R.J. McGee We know the new signee and telling him about, because I'm also a Memphis basketball fan, have been for a long time, and uh, they played him this year, and he gave him like 15 or 17 points. And I said, man, you dogged Memphis this past year. And he said, yeah, I gave him like 15, 17 points. That's what it was. Yeah, So it was a little fun, joking moment with him. And, uh, you know, I told him about his role and what he was there. I mentioned Jalen Cook, who was really good for them. He's now at LSU. But, like, they were a good team this year, and he played a really important role in his four years, but definitely this past year. Um and just told him how, he, how he's, you know, t- pretty much told him how, yeah, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have an expanded role here. We're excited to see it. Um, and I asked him about because it's at that position, and we've talked before. We would have been okay if AJ and Kennard were our three guys this year. Love that we got RJ and then he's a veteran. and I said, You know, what have you seen from Kennard and AJ to kind of groom them to be the kind of player you are and what they can t- learn from you? And he said, Man, they're already pretty far along. They've already shown a lot of stuff. We know AJ, who's clearly like two years older than Kennard, he would more. But just the fact that he's, you know, RJ's a fifth year guy now that he can, you know, take those guys under his wing. And he said they're pretty far along, both of them, which is what we kind of already knew. Definitely Kennard just being a freshman, knowing what he's capable of and seeing what A.J. learned last year. So I believed R.J. a lot to that point. But even in R.J.'s video, he said that he's a defense-first guy, which is a great thing that he said because I'm thinking R.J. is going to be a starter. for. He came off the bench for Tulane, but here he could start, and I I would like him to at the three. Uh, And he said that he's a good shooter. He's a good all-around player. He prides prides himself on being a good all-around player. And he's a guy that we need to be able to say, hey, go sick, you know, sick on guys like Tucker DeVries and Rob Perry and the best players around the league. Hoping RJ can be that for us. Kind of what we're hoping Canard is for us at least next year. Uh, but hopefully RJ can have that huge role for us this year. Looking forward to it. He was a really cool guy to talk to. Uh, and then I talked to Trey Miller, who might be, I said Canard is, but Trey Miller might be my most favorite player on the team before even seeing him play because, You know, not only what he did as a true freshman and incarnate word, no matter where it was at, his talent. He, um, you know, he was posting videos of, you know, runs with other guys in gyms and game action. And he was he was giving guys buckets. He was dunking on him, scoring. You know, he, he can shoot the three, as we know, and he will this year. He's a menace in the mid range. He even said he loves shooting the mid range. He can get to the rim. He's a stocky kid. I think he's going to be one of our best, one of our top three best players this year. And we're thinking that he's going to come off the bench. He could be a sixth man of the year candidate. That's how talented he is. Um, and hoping that even the next year that he's our starting point guard after X is gone. So he comes off the bench and is that combo guard. And the next year he fully takes off. But I'm thinking this year he's going to be fantastic. He started for Incarnate Word, but hopefully he can be the sixth man of the year in the league if you start. Because you need scoring off the bench, so we're thinking in some of these – and in our rotation and he's the perfect guy to be that scorer off the bench so uh love trey love his dad I was able to talk to him he had trey all of and i'm blanking if he listens to this i'm sorry i'm blanking her name i could look you up mr miller he was all decked out in trey's stuff It's walter love talking to walter he was he loves it too he told me a tidbit that was awesome was uh or I say awesome, but he said that Drake was after Trey hard. And and he said that, and Trey reiterated, he came here, talked to the coaches and he was sold immediately on everything. So, and he mentioned the dog pound as well. And, and Walter is really, and his family and his mom as well, really excited for Trey being here and really excited to be here itself. He, you know, Walter said, they're going to the Cancun challenge and stuff. So Really fun guy, and told him that you know who who we were with the with the, with the account, and uh, we'll be in touch a lot of the season with him. He's gonna be all over the place, and he loved it. He was taking his own pictures and stuff. Got one of Trey and I, so really cool talking to Trey. I, I told him about you know the runs he was in and how awesome he could be for us this year and what he did last year. Really excited for Trey. Like I said, one of my favorite players coming into this year could be our leading scorer if he if they get the most out of him and his. I just, he's only a true sophomore and it's phenomenal. And if they get the most out of him, he could be our leading scorer even coming off the bench. That's all I'll wait and see. We'll see. But love the addition of Trey Miller. Love talking to him. And then I think that's mostly everybody to this point. As I've mentioned, like I said, didn't talk to Scotty. I did talk to Kate at first. Uh, everybody, like I said, besides Scotty, Trent, and Troy, I was going to talk to both of them, but they were busy. And then I was sitting there waiting. I was about to leave, to be honest. And then I was able to catch Brian. He saw me. I th- He just looked back and then was done talking to somebody, came back to me, um, and loved talking to Brian about, because we talked to him two years ago about his stuff, and I didn't mention MTE, which we know when I talked to him about two years ago, I, and he reiterated he wants to keep it in the States. But ever since we talked to him about that, he hasn't kept it in the States, which is fine. Uh, to an extent. It's not like last year where we have to watch them at midnight. At least Cancun will be able to watch them at 5, 30, and 6 this year, but it's not in Florida or something we would have liked to go see. Like I said, they were kind of late to the party in the MTE process. But talked to him about that love. I talked to him about, you know, the bigs, the bigs this year, how awesome it's going to be to have all of them. He he agreed. Um, you know, he even said that, you know, it's a big year for Scotty. He was going to have a big year last year. And, you know, through his injury – Brian even said that he was—he's a guy that you know needs to always stay focused on the mental side of it, dealing with those kind of things. That it can kind of get away from him, and even seeing Scotty there, he is a—he looks in great shape, and he is going to have a big year. He was going to have a big year last year. So, mentioned to him about how how excited we are for the bigs, about the freshmen. He said that Kennard and Sheridan have worked their tails off so far, and it, it will be a process for them. He pretty much—he didn't directly say i be I could tell in his words that pretty much those guys aren't going to play much this year. And I could see more of Cannard than Sheridan because we're really heavy at the point guard and shooting guard spots. But Kennard can give us that thing with RJ and AJ and Kennard can guard anybody. I, if I threw him on Tucker DeVries, I'd be a little scared. Clearly he's a freshman against one of the best mid-major players in the country. But I feel like there's a part of me that would not count out Cannard to give, to give uh to guard Tucker at his, <clears throat> at his best. Excuse me. So Talked to Brian about that. Reiterated with him about the schedule because he said in the podium and he reiterated to me about North Dakota State. I'll get to that date in a second. He said we're hosting them uh, and a lot of other stuff. I asked him about that Power Five road game that we've been discussing and waiting for. That's not ironed out. He said nobody wants to play SIU, which is unfortunate. Uh, which I would be surprised because we've 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 hung around on most um, you know against big schools on the road of the last couple of years and we've done well against good teams so it wouldn't surprise me even though we do want that ironed out and in his presser today he re- he reiterated again that still a process in the, in the non-conference schedule some teams have already had theirs out and I'll get to that here uh, in a little bit but just a little bit about that stuff and then I just let him go uh, talk to Noah after the fact and it's, you know, I'll get to the schedule again but it doesn't seem like we might not play SEMO this year that's a wait and see but Love talking to everybody that I did. Mike True gave me the information that ended up being Luke Martin. Uh, Talked to him about Mike Reese a little bit more. Love talking to Javon, introducing myself. Love talking to the players. Uh, like I said, three I weren't able to. I would have went forever with Trent, I think, talking about what it's like to be without Marcus and Lance for once. And I even said that with, with Brian, just saying, like, oh, Trent's going to be healthy. It's his first year without those guys. And we we both said, yeah, he'll be fine. So uh, good, great conversations all around. And... I mentioned on here that you know the early camaraderie that a lot of a lot of coaches spoke to today in the presser, and we know how important that is. I saw that. I saw them joking around with one another at different tables when they had their time between people talking to them, and uh, obviously in the videos and stuff, you can kind of tell in those little snippets that the chemistry is there because everybody's here ready to go, and it stinks that X isn't able to be in these workouts, but. Um, it'll get more people to and actually like I said one of the most important players obviously but you can have guys like Trey and Sheridan and get a little bit more work to get more acclimated that can earn them we know Trey's going to play but could earn like Sheridan and more PT and you get guys like Chris Cross and uh Jr. Jacobs you know get involved and helping out a little bit more as well so um hopefully actually get on the floor soon but because like I said if People could see it, a snippet of it on the news, but seeing it in person is just so different. You're able to talk to Brian and X about his injury, which is a great sign. That's something, like I said, we wouldn't have known maybe if I didn't go. So a lot of great stuff to take away from A little bit of the schedule, the Mike Trude stuff, and then the X injury was able to see. So it was an amazing time. Like I said, people are listening to this that did show up. They already know about most of these things. Maybe they wouldn't have asked the players the same things I did, but they saw the X thing and did all that stuff. So... A great time. It always is. Wish we wouldn't it last year. Don't think we're going to miss any more from here on out. Hopefully not. So, um, so that was the awesome open house recap. Now I want to get into uh, the early schedule because, you know, before it was just the roster. It wasn't the schedule out at all, but there are snippets of it out and there are some games we want to mention. Not sure if it's going to be our first game of the season, but it is November 10th. And it seems like that will be around our first game of the season, you know, after the exhibitions, if we have any of those and stuff like that. Queens University. And, you know, at first you look at it and say, because there's a timer on the website, 108 days away, and has the seconds and and all that stuff. But Queens University, and at first thought, you know, you want to say that it's a non-D1, and that's what they were at some point before last year was their first uh, – was their first Division One season if I could find it here? Queens they were in. They're the Queen Queens University Royals and they last year they're in the A Sun, which is a decent you know you know it's one people know about a conference people know about. They finished in the middle of the pack. First season seven and eleven, eighteen and fifteen overall. Uh, they finished it like. You know, Austin P was terrible last year. They finished ahead of like Florida Gulf Coast. They finished ahead of Jacksonville State, Central Arkansas, teams like that that had some talent. And that's a huge conference with a lot of teams. But, you know, they didn't do that bad. And I don't know what their teams look like now. We'll obviously get to them when the season rolls around about their players. Uh they had a guy last year. Kenny Die, he was a senior. He was a leading scorer, so he's gone. But some other guys are on here, and I'm sure they did decent in the portal. You just never know. So it's actually a Division I game and an A-Sun team we have coming in here. So like I said, we'll dive into it more now, but I just want to let you guys know it's a, it's they're a non-D1 no more. They are Division I in the A-Sun and had a decent first year last year, so hopefully it's a decent test to show up next year. November 10th is a Friday, still obviously a time to be determined. And what else is on here? There's only four things on here, and that is obviously the Cancun Challenge. It shows James Madison and then potentially Fresno State or New Mexico State win or lose. does not have Chicago State on here. Like I said, that hasn't been confirmed by anybody but Rocco Miller does not have the Chicago State game on here, which we have at home before we go on that trip. So we'll see when that will be announced. Uh, Brian did reiterate today again that we will get USI, clearly, and SLU and Oklahoma State. Those have been the three definites we've known for over a year at least. But we know the MTE scheduling has done that. I, and that's one thing I did talk to Brian was was about the dates. And I think he said about Oklahoma State and SLU or USI, that'll be really early December and really late November. So right after the MTE, we'll see one of those games and then early December. So really almost back to back, we'll see them. So it's just a wait and see because the MTE is the 21st and 22nd. Uh, so obviously they'll show up here at some point, but they still got to get those official dates on there. Then I mentioned on the podium, and to me – Brian confirmed North Dakota State December 19th, Tuesday, at home. We know last year they had Grant Nelson, who was a draft prospect, but he entered the portal. I guess he didn't finish his season strong. They were kind of an iffy team this past year. Now he's at Alabama, so we just missed him by a year. But North Dakota State should be a pretty good team. I think Illinois State's got them on their roster as well, so they're playing a couple of Valley schools. That's a really good home game, though. So uh, Queens is a good matchup. Hopefully it's, you know, obviously it's one of those lower tier, but it's better than what we would have thought, expected. Hopefully that's hopefully we have no non-D1s. Everybody usually does. Hopefully that means we don't. Uh, and the North Coast State's a one plus that, and we know USI, Oklahoma State, and SLU. And that just begs me to wonder if we're going to get SEMO this year. Um, it would be at home, and all indications haven't really – maybe they're ironing out the date, but it's always one you know they're going to have, but it doesn't seem like they will. So that's unfortunate. That's a big wait and see. On that, I'll get to more of recent news of what SEMO has. We'll get to that here later on. So, like I said, a little bit more than what we know that aren't on there officially, but at least they have the website up with some of those games. So, now I did want to say to let people know in case they didn't see on the website or anything else, because I guess they wouldn't have any other reason to see it Troy D'Amico will be number zero next year. We know he was number 23, but he, uh, you know, maybe he. R.J. just went in there and said, hey, this is my number, or he gave it to him for his last season, which you respect for Troy. Maybe Troy is even doing it in remembrance of his former classmate, Foster Wonders, who has moved on. Uh, Maybe that. Zero is just a really cool number. So we gave R.J. McGee 23, and Troy D'Amico is now number zero. If you guys go to the website, you'll see they got new headshots. They all look good. Uh, So the website's looking really good right now, so... That's good to see. So, yeah, Troy Zero, RJ 23, um, just a heads up for people before they go into next season and see that. Just wanted to add that. Um, some other things here of the main headlines. Tony Wills is no longer on the staff. Once again, he was. He was, then he wasn't. And we know that he went to, uh, you know, Illinois State for a little bit under the last year of Dan Moller, and then... He came back here again. He's he's always done a nice job for the most part, as as far as we've known. Uh, but now he's at UIC, so he's staying, just jumping around the valley. We know Carlton Rivers, uh, the great player at Cahokia that I played back in high school. He was on uh, Luke's staff, and then he was gone, took a different job, and then forgot where. I mean, Jeff Goodman even tweeted about it. I forgot where he went. But now Tony has left us for either, I think, a, an actual assistant's job, which he's actually went up in the ranks, which thankfully we were able to help him he might be doing the same stuff so right now as it stands we do not have a director of player development Vince Fritz is the director of ops he does a great job we know Cyrus Tate works his tail off in practice to help our bigs he's a he's still a grad assistant we know Colton Susan still strength and conditioning and Riley Hostad is still the athletic trainer so no director of player of ops let's see Cyrus get that job to be honest so that's an open job as we speak now and just speaking about it because I'm looking at it uh Jarrett's I didn't get a chance to talk to him. I would love to talk to him more at the open house, but didn't get a chance. So, so that was all good and dandy, uh, but good luck to Tony, except when we play them, obviously, this year. But more opportunities for him, so it's great to see. Now I wanted to talk about some other recent news that we have. Go to our – and find it here. We we knew about it before, but the Porter Report had a new thing on him. Uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi guard on Murdix. He's still on the portal. He plans to sit out this season to recover from his injury and plans to play next year. We were interested in him a couple weeks ago. He's the reigning Southland Conference Defensive Player of the Year, averaged 13 a game, four rebounds, five assists, and 2.3 steals. Interesting because, again, before we knew he was injured and he was going to play last year or, uh, or this upcoming year late in the portal, X is hurt, maybe you want to go after another guard. They wouldn't have anyway, but they would have had to fill that extra spot um into the season, but they would have been fine. X would have came back obviously at some point in the season. Uh but this is for next year and we're thinking the interest is there, they know about it. And but we know we have Trey and Sheridan, which I guess that's all to that point if you want to count Kennard as a guard. But you'll have to still fill out some more of those guard spots and this guy will be the senior that they'll need, you know, you know, uh Trey will be a junior at that point. Shared and learned a lot after his freshman year and stuff. You like to get that other veteran, and this guy is exactly what they want, clearly, in a defensive player and stuff. So, um, I'm all for this. Obviously, next year if he's going to sit out, he's probably going to. He had a heck of a year, and they made the they beat Simo on the play-in for the tournament. So, he'll be highly sought after. So maybe we can get him on. Uh, but that's and and an extra portal guard we're interested in this late in the process for potentially next season. I wanted to now go to just some other quick things here Scoop media we know does you know immaculate grids because that's a big thing you know we're doing them in baseball mlb and all the pro sports they're really fun to do and finally siu was on uh Scoop media's college basketball immaculate grid and and their version is to where you match up with them with georgia illinois and george mason it didn't take long for us it shouldn't be for anybody to figure out who these players are. Obviously, Georgia. It would be Aaron Cook, who finished his last college uh, season there after he was great for Gonzaga. Uh, we we joked that Sean O'Brien, who was on Georgia's coaching staff there for a couple of years. Uh, Illinois, we know his Ibby Jim Day came from Illinois uh, to SIU. He's only one, even though we would love to have seen more ties to and from Illinois over the years. But Ibby Jim Day is the one there. And then obviously George Mason is Xavier. This year we were, we were saying how we, if we were to make our own, we'd add, we would add teams like Dayton, like UAB, like Nevada, and some other ones of the more recent or more modern, uh, you know, schools that had players go there. And we would love to see people try to figure that one out. We might have that again at some point. Immaculate grids aren't going away, so we might have one down the road. But it's cool to get that. We retweeted it uh, just to get the word out there and the uh, whatever p- for people to fill that out. Noah did it himself. And obviously have the right answer. So that was cool. And then, so that's everything in the main headlines wise. Let's get into around the Valley. Let's try to pick this up a little bit more. Uh, didn't notice. Or I just saw recently, because I, I said on the uh, on the presser that they had, <clears throat> but two hours ago, uh, Commissioner Jeff Jackson got a five-year contract extension with the league through June 30th of 2028. Um uh, you know his tenure as the tenth commissioner began obviously two seasons ago. He's done an awesome job since then, so it's a really well deserved extension so far. He's a really well spoken, smart guy. I really love listening to him. He had his interview at the press conference, and he was asked about, or he said he, he he's clearly not going to shut the door on expansion still for the Missouri Valley. Still an open door that they would you know go there if if need be, and what it would you know the options would be there if they came about at some point. He talked about that. Was asked about NIL and a lot of different things said how last year was so successful and he's looking forward to this season how exciting it is and a lot of <clears throat> a lot of other stuff. <clears throat> excuse me people can find that on the uh, website. I was interviewed but I wanted to start off with that because it was well deserved and <clears throat> now this presser because I'm trying to uh, dissect here, Things that happen, you know, they obviously go in alphabetical order. Like I said, Brian didn't really have much of it. He just kind of went over more of the non-conference. They asked everybody about that, and then the they're, they're new players. But thinking of, like, other teams, like Belmont, who, you know, Casey said that, obviously, Kate Tyson's going to have a, you know, a massive year this year. He's improved. He's worked really hard. He's the hardest-working player on the team and stuff, so we got to prepare for him. He did say that this is one of his most inexperienced teams he said that because he was asked about it, he said that last year's team in terms of like being able to play together in the chemistry was a slow together team. But he said this one is, uh, you know, I think he said he's he's only everybody but two players are freshmen and sophomores. So that's where we got to jump on them this year is their, is their youth. But, you know, you know Keyshawn Davidson's back. He's one of those older guys we know that uh, – Jacoby or Gillespie and then Cade are their other two best players and of notable. He said Malik Dia, as we know is the Vanderbilt transfer there. He said that he is the most talented pound for pound athletic, you know, just anything that he's ever coached in the front court. Which is saying a lot. And he apparently and he said he could be, he could see more, you know, at the four and the five this year. We know they have some other bigs and stuff, but Malik D is a name for people to look out for and someone that our bigs are going to have to mess with this year. If we play them twice, we know we only played them once last year. So it'll be interesting. A lot of it on, uh, he said that their backcourt's going to be awesome this year, uh, but he said Malik D, And that's a scary thought thinking about what he could be for them this year. So that was interesting. Um. You know, Brian Wardle said that uh, he's got a talented team. He mentioned he said that Hickman and Duke Dean are real leaders on that team. He went through all of his new players, and we know they have that freshman that's been playing in his nationals, 19 new nationals, that he's going to come over and be great. He mentioned Amarion Ellis and a lot of other guys that's going to be good. He said that uh, Maliby Leons has – even more of an offensive upside to him to get out of him this next year. So we knew that anyway, kind of, but he kind of reiterated that. He loves Darius Hanna, said he's learned a lot from Elijah Childs and Rink. He's a 6'9", do it all guy. He's going to break out this year. So have a lot of studs on that team for next year. That's really all I took from that with Bradley. Uh, let's see here off the top of my head. Uh, obviously, DeVries. Okay, here's some of the biggest news. And that came out today through that. Because we know what's been the status of some of other Drake seniors that could return. Darno Brody was one of those guys. And Darren DeVries confirmed that Darno Brody is going to be back. He had to get the waiver through the NCAA. He said that he's, he's around 260 pounds, which is his perfect playing weight. And we know he finished the season incredible last year in the Miami game in the tournament. In the Arch Madness tournament, he was incredible. He's going to have a potential All-Valley type season. I'm thinking he will. Uh, it's going to be important for them to get him the ball. Like they they need a Roman Penn type playmaker to get in the ball. They have those options, but they got to get the most out of Brody this last year because he's got a lot of talent in him that he's going to break out this year. So that is obviously huge news. It's confirmed by him. We don't know about Sardar Calhoun. Haven't seen him in the videos. Whether Darren would uh, confirm that Sardar's back, but it, Brody's back and that's a problem clearly. And then um, Sturts, as we know. You know, of course, he probably wasn't going to have any options professionally, but he was great, and someone asked him because they saw him in the some of the workout videos that he's standing in the background. I didn't really notice this, but he's back as a grad assistant, and uh, he's looking to be a coach one day, Darren said. He, he joked that at first he's just still getting some floaters up because that's, a, of course, all he did offensively. He was great at it, uh, but he said Sturtz is going to be on the staff, which is an awesome sign for him, and obviously he could teach a lot of people everything he's learned in his long time there. So it's he's wanting to get into coaching right away, which is an awesome sign. And they were posting videos. They're going to be awesome this year, clearly. So those are the two. Uh, the main takeaways, Brody being back, that DeVries confirmed today. Um, Missouri State, um, Ma- uh, Dana said Matthew Lee is about 82% of full go for everything he said, obviously 100% by the season. He said that Donovan Clay still, you know, he's growing even more as like a mental player that he, he's obviously going to be great this year. He did say something about Chance Moore, which is interesting. He said, obviously, if they play at their peak, and he knows they'll be good this year, Dana knows they'll be good this year. We think so as well. A lot of returnees, clearly. Uh, and he said Chance Moore has the chance to be a, a player of the year type if everything goes well for them and all of like the like if they reach their peak as a team, Chance Moore could be a, a Valley player of the year kind of candidate, which can't argue with it. Chance is really, really talented, and he just had this first season under his belt. So I don't really – Uh, you know, disagree with him there, the the potential of it. And you went through all the, Austin Mason's going to have a big year. He said, obviously all those guys that we know about that we'll talk about more. He did mention NJ Benson because Bucky Dent was on his and asked him about it. And, uh, and he said, he said that uh, NJ's learned, like he's learned a lot. He's shooting hundreds of free throws a day with the staff. And he's learned a lot from last year. And if he was at what he is now last year, he would have played even more and stuff. And he mentioned uh, Xavier, or uh, Xavier Edwards, or what's Cesar Edwards, excuse me, from Xavier, the big man. It's a good sign that he said he's not all the way there, but what Mogbo brought them in terms of like full-on defensive versatility, but he says he is a good defender. He says he can shoot the three, needs to shoot more. So an early scouting report on a guy like him because he's big name coming from Xavier, a big body, going in there, trying to replace what Mogbo brought. Um, so that, that's pretty much it from him. We know Missouri State's going to be good this year. Um you know, I, pretty much everybody went through their current team. Other notable stuff would be uh, Illinois State because Bucky was on there as well. Asked Ryan about Dalton because he went through his players and mentioned Dalton, and we knew that Dalton had surgery, and we knew he he got in there to. Uh, You know, he was, he was, him and Brandon Lee were one of the first people there to move into their place. And there was an article on July 8th about Dalton that he's ready to be full strength. Phil Keyroll for ISU men's basketball. This is a Reed Watkins from the sports editor of the Vedette. I guess that's back in his hometown. Uh, Dalton back on June 13th. Had a video of him in a hospital bed and said, extremely thankful for the people that allowed for this to happen. Thank you, Dr. Myers, for taking care of me after a long couple of years. So grateful and excited for the opportunity to finally get back to 100%. So obviously that – and we talked about this at the time, but this led to us thinking that he played hurt for us. And like I said, Dalton kind of played always the same way. He could have done more, but I don't think it was injury-related that kept him from doing a lot of things. It was just scheme and you know opportunity in certain games and – He had surgery, and Ryan Peden confirmed today that he has not played one bit. Which Obviously, if you have surgery, you're not going to play for a while. We weren't sure what it was exactly. Maybe this uh, – he was talking about – there was a part of this article that said limited output at SIU – he said Banks played through pain, but the injury was holding him back and limiting his production during his sophomore and junior campaigns with, with SIU. He said, quote, I told myself that I would go to the school that recruited me the hardest. And Coach P really made an effort to make sure that that he did happen, that he did that, end quote, about going there. And Peden even said he they went after Dalton because they liked what he brought when they saw him. They saw him from afar and liked what he brought. And Ryan mentioned how uh You know, they kind of have the same philosophies that we have here in terms of hard work that Ryan said he respects that about SIU and Dalton exudes that, that they want to keep bringing in here. He mentioned a couple other guys that haven't been able to work out, really, and Dalton's one of them. So I wanted to add that in there because there's this article about it. Uh, He said it was a – or Dalton said in this article, it was a difficult decision to transfer from SIU. Quote, I really didn't want to leave Southern. I have tremendous relationships with the guys down there, Coach Mullins and his staff. They're great people. End quote. Um, so Illinois State wanted him, and they went and got him, and it's unfortunate because we know what Dalton can bring, but we also know his limitations. So hopefully we can exude that and defend that well next year with Trey and X, uh, Garden guys, and Trent Brown. So it'll be fun next year to match up with Illinois State, who definitely improved, and we'll talk more about them as time goes on. But Dalton will add something to them and that heavy guard rotation that they even have. So I want to talk about that because he has not worked out for them so far, clearly, with the... Injury. So other than that, in the presser, nothing else really stood out. I don't believe, you know, Northern Iowa talked about, you know, Ben Jacobson talked about, you know, that they have a good team and they knew right away after the season. Because I think it was Jeff Bidwell of Murray State who does podcasts for them was asking everybody about the, the due process. Other people were as well about kind of the tampering that can go on. Guys are, you know, in touch with uh, recruits or athletes before they even enter the portal, before the season's even over, that that does happen that Jacobson said that we know that's a thing and uh, that obviously for them it doesn't happen. They knew right away their players wanted to come back right after the season. So they're whatever the stat is, they're one of only few teams in the country that didn't have anybody recruit out of there. Uh, and then also, like, you know, Austin Fife, who – Will be eligible to play this season, but he's still going, he's still getting tests, he's still getting his checkups to confirm that. So it's not official. We could see Austin fight this year, that would put them even more over the top. But it's hard to imagine him being what he used to, clearly, with everything he's dealt with the last two seasons. So they'll be fully healthy, and everything we've seen is their freshmen. We know, uh, Wes Rubin and RJ Taylor have been great, a lot of stuff really good on Wes Rubin. That we know they like to sit freshmen. Not sure if they will next year, but they're really deep. It, it's hard to imagine them still not sitting freshmen. They're not going to play all their 13 guys. And we know they got Jacob Hudson as well. So some other tidbits. We've retweeted Brian's. So if you click on the link, you can go listen to all the other coaches talk about it. There, some of them are, are quite lengthy, but uh, just them talking about their schedules and some of their players, which we'll talk more about clearly as the offseason goes on. A lot of good stuff there. Uh, Belmont released their full non-conference. I did have that on me. Uh, we talked about some of their games before, but officially we know they're at Furman November 10th. They're at Arizona, which, uh, Katie said is a big game for them, which is huge. They have their Cathedral Classic in Philadelphia against good mid-major teams, uh, home against Lipscomb at Middle Tennessee, at Samford, and then host Arkansas State in December. So there's this full, so I wanted to add that in there, um. I did want to add that DJ Ballantyne, the great uh, Evansville Purple Ace, who who knows what he's been doing recently. I'm not sure if he still had been playing, but he's now a GA, or uh, excuse me, he's the Director of Player Development now at Evansville, which is a great sign for their players over there, and that's a great get for uh, Coach Ragland to get evansville's maybe all-time best player and one of their all-time best players to be there to develop their players and kind of in the mold that he was that's a great hire wanted to talk about that because he was a menace uh evansville did get their mte canceled as well which was a decent one but they're going uh, they're going to chattanooga i think Ragland said with with some good teams um so they were able to you know switch that up quick and get a new one um and then there's an account on Twitter, NBC Rothstein. We know John Rothstein does a great job. He's a robot on Twitter. But there's an NBC version, somebody who runs this account. on. And yeah, two days ago, they had returning scoring percentage in the Missouri Valley. Obviously, you and I leads that with 91%. That's 91%. The gap then is Missouri State at 68.5, Illinois State at 62, Murray State at 61, thanks to Rob Perry coming back. Bradley at 53, with even no rink, no Zeke, and Jay Sean Henry. 53%, Evansville at 50. You know, like uh Kenny Strawbitch and stuff like that. UIC at 48.5. The other, the other whatever percentage was Chase Carter and Trey Anderson. That's actually a lot. Drake 48.4. That's thanks to Tucker. Uh Belmont, 41 Indiana State at 38. We SIU are at 33%. We know a lot of that's Marcus and Lance and Juwans, five points, and Fosters two points and stuff that fills into all that, and then Valpo obviously at nine point eight. So it's just a, a fun stat I found that I wanted to mention on here. We're second to last, and obviously, returning scoring production by percentage, and we knew that already. So we're looking to a fresh start offensively this year. I wanted to talk about that. So, and in terms of recruiting, I'm going to try to dive into this. I've been going. Not not longer than I thought I would to this point, but there's a lot of offers that have been going on. I'll start with the most recent one that happened just a couple – or about four days ago. Cameron Martin, he's a 2024 combo guard, 6'4", 170. He posted his junior high, uh, junior season highlight tape. It's on YouTube, on Twitter. Obviously a really nice player at that good size at 6'4". He's from Frederick, Maryland, uh, followed by Brendan and Brian on Twitter, so that's a good sign. He was the most recent one. Uh, you got K.J. Thomas, which was six days ago, 2024, 6'1 point guard, 100, 165 pounds, 16-year-old, 3.0 GPA, Randall High School in Amarillo, Texas. Clearly, he might know K. They're from the same place. I mentioned Braden Hauser not too long ago or Hausen um, being from that exact same town and area, so in uh, that's something that I want to say Cade mentioned or someone else on here mentioned how obviously our ties in Texas are huge. And obviously getting Cade. Cade can help us out in that regard. And Brendan Mullins is obviously really big in Texas. So that's, that's – uh, Texas ties are a big reason why we landed Trey Miller as well, I was able to confirm. So that's clear as day. He's from Houston. So uh, all these Texas guys would be nice to have for sure. Uh, let's see here if I keep scrolling about some of these other offers or visits. Um, we were, we, we've been tweet, retweeting a lot of stuff. KG, KJ Winham, if people know him, potentially he was Sheridan Sharp's high school teammate, 4.0 GPA, 2024 guard KJ Winham from Ben Davis high school. He was awesome. And he was he played with Mean Streets. He was in Kansas City earlier this month playing. I looked him up on YouTube. He is a stud. He's a good lefty point guard. He gets his own shot. Can hit threes, get to the rim. He's finesse. This this is when you need to get guys that have relationships. If you can get this guy who's a combo guard with with Sheridan and then Cade can go get some other guys, that's the relationships are the biggest thing as we know. And like I said, watching his tape. If you guys want to search KJ Winham, his huddle is on his account. Uh, but he's got the great GPA, and he he knows somebody that's here. So like KJ Winham a lot was able to watch his tape, as I said. So he's a good option, really good option. This these are all the guys that obviously we've had since then. He actually posted a picture of Sheridan in his tweet when he said he got the offer. Uh, Adrian Woolley, who is a 6'5", 4.1 GPA, Paul Bryant High School. Um, 2024 guy as well and he's got he's got really good size Um uh, he's a guy that i think he's got a george mason offer he's got some other decent offers I'm not saying we're out on him one bit but he is a really good talent uh gosh i'm just on his twitter and the videos that he's posting he's a lefty he's just really solid hopefully that's a guy we can stick with and still Potentially get. You know, we always look at the ones who followed us back. He has not followed us back just yet, unlike the others, like KJ did. But I'd like to and he posted his offer picture was a picture of them putting their name on the uh on the uh, bulletin um uh whatever board after we beat Missouri State to move on in the in the tournament. So that's a picture we haven't seen yet. So that was a good one. Um, Cam Miles, I think we talked about him on the last one, potentially about his, his verticals. I think I'm thinking of somebody else, but 2024-62 guard of Olympia High School in Orlando, Florida. I think we did talk about him potentially. Uh, yeah, and here's Brayden Housen, which happened on the 11th. So those are all the updates for them. Big and heavy on 2024. A lot of realistic options. We know before that when we've talked, there were some unrealistic options of some of the offers, some of those three stars we're getting. So we're leaving the door open for a lot of these, clearly. Uh have seen, been seeing a lot of Jack Daugherty, uh tweets – And apparently Illinois State Drake and some others had uh, recently visited him or watched him, went and watched him play. So he's coveted in the Valley. He's coveted elsewhere in a lot of places. Hopefully we can strike gold with a guy like that, hopefully. Uh, But that one might get out of reach before we know it. Some other uh, names here quickly. Uh, Bennett Basich, who, as we know, was a recruit for us in 2024. Uh, he uh, committed to Green Bay, and that's maybe the Pat Monahan connections. Before Pat left us, we know we we've been in on Bennett for a while, and he followed six combo guard, obviously Arrowhead High School. He followed Pat Monahan to uh, to Green Bay. Jack Doherty follows him. A lot of people do. Uh, we know we were in on him. He's a, he's a nice player, but he's going there. And then a, another name that is slowly but surely getting out of our reach. We've talked about uh Jack Stanton on the last one about the offers he's been getting but Angelo Sierra Vino as we know Illinois Wolves 6'6 always thought he was of realistic possibilities clearly for the longest time but ever since excuse me ever since Angelo has been keep playing for the Wolves this summer he's been getting countless offers trying to scroll on his Twitter to see all the ones that he has been getting offered by he's been he's just been shredding he his recent one was from Rice keeps growing he has his own stanford offer now him and jack both do uh, six games back in the middle of this past month six games for them in the finals he averaged 16.7 rebounds three assists 59 from the field two uh two steals and a block 53 45 from three impressive uh belmont offered him earlier this month uh depaul nebraska i mean these are huge offers obviously now so Northwestern, so he's slowly but surely getting out of our reach. Obviously, the, you go back even more at the end, or at the start of this month as well. Drake was in on him, so he's one that we liked a lot, like we've said, but a lot of teams getting in on him now. Luckily, we offered him a long time ago, so hopefully we're still an option there for him at a decent level. Um, so that's the recruiting update. Noah can have a lot more specifics. He could even have more around the valley of what other guys and other teams are in on, a lot of other talented people. He always has that on deck, so by the next time we'll have more of that updated for you guys. That's all for what I know right now. Uh, the Saluki Hall of Fame class came out recently, I noticed. Um, no notables, like nobody is up for anything yet of the past couple years of great players or anything, nobody specific for football or basketball. So I wanted to mention that because it's going to be a, a class that isn't too notable with those two sports. I mentioned earlier with SEMO and not being able to play them potentially did see that, um, Uh, speaking of them, that Brad Korn just got extended. Let me go to Jeff Goodman's tweet. He posted about it not too long ago. SEMO and Brad Korn has signed an extension through 26-27 season. Obviously mentioned he took the program for the first time to the NCAA tournament since 2000. Even Jeff mentioning how he's done a terrific job turning the program around, as we know. uh, Even losing like Philip Russell, kind of kicking him out apparently is what we've Uh, heard a little bit of but brad has done an awesome job really hope we play them this year but that's a well-deserved extension for siu alum brad corn who has worked his entire career to have a head coaching job and he's done really well with semo they're going to be interesting again this year like i said hopefully we can play them a little bit else here we know aj green has been playing for the bucks got minutes in the nba this season was on their g league team for sure they picked him back up for the G League, which is a great sign. We know the summer league ended about a week ago or so or more. Or so AJ Green's back with the Bucks. And then Ben Shepard, as we know, got drafted in the first round by the Pacers. I uh, tried to find some stuff on him. Apparently he's played really well in the summer league because we didn't really hear them. And there's an article mentioning about, yeah, they signed Bruce Brown from the Nuggets, obviously. Um, but they were talking about Ben's IQ. I'm trying to think here. He totaled 29 minutes in five games in the summer league, all productive. It says shooting is the first thing that he is good at on the offensive end. Uh, he averaged 41 on his field goal percentage, netted him 10 points, per, about 11 points per game, shot 39 from three um, and stuff. They're talking about his potential – Uh, of getting on that court and stuff so just an update on ben we'll keep following ben throughout the nba season for sure too because it's incredible and casey reiterated earlier because he was obviously asked about ben and said they've had two first round picks now in the last five years so it's a great look for belmont obviously the other one being uh dylan windler to noah's Cavs in 2019 so just keep showing that casey has done a great job belmont's a great a great place he had a little recruiting little uh, part of that when he was talking about that, that obviously it shows if you go to Belmont, you can get to the league and that is evident. So that's everything I've had for you guys. I did have, like I said, this final topic, which I might just breeze through and I'll get Noah's take, at, you know, next time we come to you guys. But my my topic, because we have one down the road of top 10 predict, predicted best Valley players. We know there's a lot of new faces and a lot of whatever, a lot of returning faces, that some new faces could be in that top ten. We'll have that down the road. Uh, but my one today was would have been top five projected best players on our team. And from what I could tell, in the you know you know what you've seen the videos, what I could tell on the in the, um, in the uh, open house. Like I said, I mentioned the camaraderie and just stuff, and watch the tape of all the new guys. If I were to make top five of uh, most important or best players next year. It's almost seemed like it's, it's obvious that Xavier, healthy, could be number one. Because we mentioned before, he had more rebounds than assists last year. And he had Marcus Damasco on his team, which uh, there was a lot of, you know, uh, iso ball for Marcus a lot of the time. He was a great passer in his own right. But X should have had more assists than rebounds. He was perfect other than that all season. Hopefully X's numbers go up, his scoring, his assists, everything, when he's healthy and ready to go. I could put him at one of most important for that reason. And because he's had a year in here, obviously he's the floor general. We expect a lot from him this year. You could put him on there in terms of best players. And that's when I'm throwing in guys like Trey Miller. I mentioned his talent. Um, And order-wise, who knows? This is the topic I'll want to talk about again with Noah, like I said. But throw Trey Miller in that top five. Throw Jared Hensley in that top five. Throw RJ McGee in that top five. So that's X with those other three guys. If I were to make the fifth, it's got to be Clarence. You could throw Scotty in there as well, but there's a lot of new faces in that. But I know R.J. Trey and and, and Jarrett are going to be just incredible for us and that skill set in this league. Um, and we've said it so many times, you know, the volume of Marcus and Lance, where you're so reliant on them to where they, you know, if they made mistakes, it killed you in games, even in a 23-win season last year. But obviously other parts in their careers here – it, it's just so vital to be able to have more of a wide variety of talent to use to where you're not so reliant. And that's why I think we'll have a good year this year because you've got so much talent that Brian confirms that we do. That it's not going to be hero ball at all. You're not going to have that you know, total all-valley player potentially going into the season. That's why people are counting you out because you don't have Marcus and Lance but we need to prove people wrong in having this talent spread out all around the place to get you more of that full-on team talent, which I think we'll have this year. So, like I said, those are the guys I could see in there of the four or so. And I, I definitely would put Clarence is going to have even better year. Like I said, in the runs he's having, he's shooting. Mm-hmm. He's going to have his post presence. He just Marcus set him up a lot. We need to have guys that set clearance up a lot. I think he can get guys off the dribble that are bigger than him and improve his free throw shooting, hopefully, and have a good year. So I'd put the top five of guys, including – like, Scotty, he'd be the sixth man of this team because Scotty's so talented. I'd put this the top five in no order of X, Trey, Jarrett, RJ, and Clarence. I think those are the top five guys. And those arguably, besides Trey coming off of being the sixth man, if you have guys like Stulich or Trent starting, most of those guys could be your starting five, which is a great sign. And I think those or be the most important and talented guys for next year. And you have the freshmen that are talented. I mentioned Stulich and Trent could bring a lot. <clears throat> Obviously, Cade's good if he can find his way in. AJ's right outside of that top six as well. Big expectations for AJ this year. It's just going to be a, a whole new complete team. Might not see the freshmen this year, but just know that we have everything we need to be good and prove a lot of people wrong this year. So that's where I'll leave it. Like I said, we'll have more of these combos later on. It's always a thing of feel free to DM us if you guys have questions. If When we have you know mailbags down the road, we mentioned that other topics we'll have at the end of these. We'll always update you guys with anything there is to know. This was kind of an open house and Luke Martin kind of pod, but obviously a lot of other stuff has happened since then. The presser today brought an extra topic into this. So a lot of more things we hope you guys enjoy. Noah will hopefully be on the next one. Um, it, it's the dog days of summer. and. People have mentioned uh, more of these uh, down periods that we're going to have, dead periods and stuff. So going to happen more of those, but the guys will still be working. They're still posting countless things about them on Twitter and such. So be sure to check all those out. We'll retweet everything we have, everything we see, recruits, everything. Always stay up to date on our Twitter, and we'll be sure to have pods for you guys for any breaking news through the summer and anything. It's been about a month, and it could very well be another month before because we know we're ramping up for football. And always, uh, if you guys obviously love both sports at this school, we know it can kind of be separate with fan bases sometimes. But if you guys are interested in football, feel free to follow that. Obviously, our pod's on the same Spotify, but obviously different Twitter accounts. Feel free to follow that. And, of course, like I said, be in our DMs for basketball. We're really excited for this team coming up. So hopefully Noah can join me on the next one. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Looking forward to when I can talk to you guys next. Really looking forward to this team. Until next time, as always, guys, you know what it is. Go dogs.